Proverbs 26 gives us a clue as to why gossip is so hard for us to resist. It says, A gossip's words are like choice morsels that go down to one's innermost being. Smooth lips with an evil heart are like, are like glaze on an earthen vessel. A hateful person disguises himself with his speech but harbors deceit within. When he pretends to be kind, don't believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. So gossip goes down like a choice morsel. It's sweet, it's tasty, it's so smooth going down. We want more of it. But, but hear this, it's poison. It works its way down into the innermost parts of our beings where the poison is then released. And once that happens, gossip begins to tear people down. It, it poisons hearts. It wrecks lives. And it rips churches apart. It's probably why gossip is listed among the sins that God hates most. I want us to look at a few scriptures that, that show this this morning. We'll start with the Ten Commandments, uh, probably one of the most famous lists of sins, right? The Ninth Commandment speaks of one form of gossip when it says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. See, from the beginning, God wanted to make sure his people behaved differently than the rest of the world, and this included their speech. In Romans 1, Paul lists things that have stirred up the wrath of God. So beginning in Romans 1.18, he says, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Here, Here Paul is saying that God's wrath is coming against godless and unrighteous people. And he spends a few verses talking about sexual immorality, something that's, that's really, really important. But then he continues uh, the list of, of things that, uh, or people, really, that God's wrath is coming against. And sometimes we, we stop before this list continues. Paul says they are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, they give approval to those who practice them. So right in the middle of of all kinds of evil, a list of really horrible things, Paul lists gossip as a sin that makes people deserving of death. In Proverbs 6, we have a list of seven things the Lord hates. Seven things he says are an abomination to God. You know, if if I were to poll people about what they think is an abomination to God, um, I'm pretty confident this would not show up on their list. Proverbs 6, 
verse 16, there are six things the Lord hates, in fact, seven that are an abomination to him. Arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run to evil, and a lying witness who gives false testimony and one who sows rumors among brothers. Gossip, spreading rumors about people, is an abomination to God. I hope I've established that God hates gossip. I hope we can agree on that. But what is gossip? The Bible actually doesn't give us a really clear definition. It gives us examples, but it doesn't give us a definition. Is gossip always a lie? Is it always an unsubstantiated rumor? Um, The line can sometimes become a little fuzzy when you're in the moment, right? Deciding what is or isn't gossip can sometimes be challenging. Sometimes I think it would be great if sirens would, would blare and a sign like this would, would flash above the heads of the people uh, with whom we're talking. You know, like, warning, the contents of the next conversation contain sinful gossip. Leave the area immediately. But maybe some sort of sign does appear when a conversation begins to turn toward gossip. I mean, how many times have you been in a harmless conversation when all of a sudden someone says, I probably shouldn't say this, but... Or please don't tell anyone else this, but. Or you know what I heard? That's this warning sign, friend. Uh, Matthew Mitchell has written a really helpful book called Resisting Gossip. I'd recommend it to you. Uh, In it, he explores all of the various kinds of speech in the Bible that fall under this sort of umbrella heading of gossip. Uh, And gathering those together, he's come up with this uh, definition. Gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. Gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. So I want to just take a few moments here to, to look at the three components of Mitchell's definition. First, he says gossip is bearing bad news. So what kind of bad news is he talking about? I have a friend who uh, is a chaplain with the Beaverton police. He has to deliver bad news to families all the time. Uh, It's a horrible aspect of his job. Um, Is that what Mitchell is talking about? No. Uh, What he's talking about is bad news in the sense that it reflects badly on a person's character. It's a a negative statement about a person's character. So usually this bad news comes in the form of an untruth about that person. Whether whether we know it to be untrue or true, doesn't matter. If it's untrue, uh, this this bad news is gossip. Um, I, I heard a story about a youth pastor and his wife who were serving in a church in a small town, maybe much like our small town, and they, they both worked. He worked at the church. She worked another job. And so they needed child care for their baby boy. And each morning, the wife would drop the child off at the house of a woman from the church. 
uh, who, who did daycare. And each afternoon, the youth pastor would pick the child up from childcare to take him home. Well, a rumor started within the church that the youth pastor was having an affair with the childcare woman. Now, there was no truth to it at all, and he soon discovered the source of the gossip, which was another woman in the church who didn't like the woman who was doing childcare, right? And so he uh, went to the woman, uh, the gossip, and he confronted her, and she agreed uh, that she had jumped to wrong conclusions. She should not have done that. She was very sorry. But she still felt that the youth pastor should be more careful about whose house he parked in front of. I'm not saying I think this was a good idea, but as the story goes, the next week he parked his car in front of the gossiper's house overnight. So usually, uh, gossip is not true, but sometimes gossip is true. But that doesn't mean it needs to be told. You, You know this, right? Just because something is true doesn't mean you have to tell it. Craig Grishel says it this way, everything that's said must be true, but not everything that's true must be said. Everything we say must be true, but not everything that's true needs to be said. I I had to have this talk recently with a person who shared true information that had been confidentially shared with them And sharing it with another person did damage to a relationship, damage that uh, may never be mended. And I tried to help them see that just because that thing was true, it was not helpful or holy for them to share it. Do you see? Uh, There's a couple of mentions of this in Proverbs. Proverbs 17.9 says, Whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. And the offense here is not necessarily sin, it's an offense between friends. So God seems to think that promoting love is better than separating friends over some offense. Or Proverbs eleven thirteen: a gossip goes around revealing a secret, but a trustworthy person keeps a confidence. Here we see that if someone shares something about themselves in confidence, you keep it confidential. You don't, you don't tell that secret. It's not your story to tell. And if someone shares something about someone else in confidence, don't tell anyone else this, but that's gossip. So first of all, gossip is sharing bad or harmful news about someone. Second part of the definition is, I think, pretty universally agreed upon. Gossip is done behind someone's back. Uh, One of the words that we translate as gossiper literally means whisperer. Uh, They go around whispering behind people's backs, spreading harmful words about a person who isn't there. Uh, Instead of talking behind someone's back, the model that Jesus gives us for when someone is doing something wrong, we find in Matthew 18. Most of us know the passage. Here's the beginning of it. If your brother or sister sins against you, pretty key phrase there, sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. 
If you are listened to, you have won them back. And the passage goes on to give instruction about what to do if that person doesn't listen. But the process never, ever, ever includes talking behind that person's back. There's just no evidence in Scripture that this is ever okay. So if the thing you are planning to say to someone about someone else has any possibility of defaming a brother or sister, the Bible says don't do it. There is one uh, person, creature, whose job it is in the universe to gossip, to tell accusing stories about God's people. He's called the Satan. It literally means the accuser. None of us want to be playing on his team. He loses. Okay? I think maybe one of the reasons God hates gossip so much is because in a sense, it's, it's what got us into this mess we call sin in the first place. Remember that the serpent, Satan, whispered in Eve's ears. Did God really say you couldn't eat of any of the trees in the garden? Really? Well, do you remember what God actually said? What God actually said was you can eat of any tree in the garden except this one. See, Satan gossiped about God in a sense, behind God's back, defaming God's reputation. And, and what happened was Adam and Eve listened to the lie, the gossip. They, they drank the poison, even though it tasted sweet going down. It worked its way into the innermost parts of their being. And from that moment on, they and their descendants, us, have been continuing to destroy God's own people with the sweet-tasting poison of gossip. Can you see? The, the third part of Mitchell's definition is that gossip comes from a bad heart. I, don't, I, I think this is a thing that comes out of the South, and if, if it isn't, for all of you Southerners, I apologize, but... So often, I, I seem to hear of people who are, like, really horrible, bless their heart. <laughs> no, this stuff comes out of a bad heart. Gossip is caused by something that is wrong at the very core of our beings. In Matthew 12, Jesus is really furious with the Pharisees, and he he says, you brood of vipers, you are incapable of speaking good things because you are evil, for the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. See, when bad things come out of our mouths, it's because there's a deeper problem. The words we speak are an overflow of what's in our hearts. Matthew 12 isn't the only place we see Jesus teaching this principle of of overflow. We read about it in Matthew 15, where Jesus says, out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, 
false testimony and slander, one of the words that is linked with gossip. Friends, this is really serious stuff. Uh, Later on in Matthew 12, Jesus says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I don't know about the rest of you, but that verse scares me to death. Because I've been careless with my words before. And, and you can't get them back. God takes this really seriously. I, I hope you can see that. I want to take a moment to, uh, to think together about who the victims of gossip are. Um, The obvious answer to that question is the people who are being gossiped about, right? Because the rumors, the lies told about them can destroy families, careers, reputations, sometimes beyond repair. So they're clearly the victim here, right? Uh, Anyone ever been gossiped about? Some of you, probably more of you than are willing to admit it, but... You know, you're, you're a victim of that when that happens to you, right? But the scriptures indicate that even listening to gossip carries its own destructive poison. Proverbs 17.4, the wicked person eagerly listens to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. You see, when we listen to gossip, something wicked is brewing inside of us. You bring the poison of the gossip down into your own heart by listening to it. And when that happens, when that poison enters, you actually become a victim of the gossip as well. So, so being the person gossiped about uh, it makes you a victim. Uh, the one listening to the gossip becomes a victim of its poison. And, and amazingly... Uh, the gossiper becomes a victim. Maybe the least likely victim of all, but Proverbs 19.5 says, a false witness will not go unpunished, and one who utters lies will not escape. And I take this to mean that God will deal with the person who gossips, the person who lies about another person, whether they know it's a lie or not. Here's, an, here's another way I think a gossiper becomes the victim. Uh, I was reading an article this week uh, by a psychologist who was describing a phenomenon that happens when we speak badly of someone else. Uh, it's called spontaneous trait transference. Spontaneous trait transference. Big fancy psychological word, what does it mean? Uh, the, the very traits that we describe when we're gossiping about others end up being attributed to us. And the research shows that, that this association of those traits lasts long after the gossip has occurred. In other words, when we talk about a person behind their back and accuse them of something, the person listening to the gossip 
tends to see that trait in us. Have you ever thought about that? As you're saying these things, the person you're saying them to, and it may be subconscious, begins to associate those things with you. And I think we know this uh, without using it in those kinds of terms. We say things like, when you point your finger at someone else, you have three fingers pointing back at you, right? You've heard that before. Uh, uh, Here's another one. You'll never make yourself look good by making someone else look bad. We know that's true. The point I'm trying to make here is that everybody loses when gossip comes into play. Everyone loses. The, 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 the person being gossiped about loses. The person listening to it loses. The person gossiping loses. And when it happens inside the church, the body of Christ loses. So what do we do? How can we stop this, this poison, this, this cancer? I think, first of all, we have to make a commitment to ourselves, each of us, and maybe even a pact with with another person that you will not speak gossip. Just make a vow that you won't do it. You know, if, if you're guilty, if you've been guilty of gossip, damage has already been done. Uh, you, you can apologize to the person you gossiped about, but there is no way you can get all the people that heard your bit of gossip. You, you can't get to them. But you can refuse to do it going forward. There's a, there's a story uh, told about a man who felt convicted by God about his gossip problem. And so he, he went uh, to the priest to, to confess his sin and ask what penance he should do. And the priest told the man to go home, get a feather pillow, go up on his apartment roof, plunge a knife into that pillow, and empty the contents over the side of the building. So the man did as the priest told him, and he went back to the priest to tell him that he had done this, and the priest said, good. Now, I want you to go back and gather every feather and put it back in the pillowcase. And the man said, I I can't do that. That's impossible. The the wind carried the feathers everywhere. There's no way I can get them all back. I have no idea where they went. And the priest said, exactly. That's what happens when you gossip. Don't ever do it again. I was thinking about trying this illustration in here this morning. I really was. I had the feather pillow. I had a fan. I was set. Uh, One of our elders said, we're going to be finding feathers in here forever. I said, maybe that would be good. Maybe it would be a reminder of how dangerous gossip is. So so the first thing we need to do is, is commit to not speaking words of gossip. Secondly, we need to decide right now that we will not listen to it. This might even be harder than not speaking it. 
it's so tempting to listen to it. Don't be a curator of gossip. Don't be a person that other people want to come to and share gossip with. Don't be that person. I can't tell you how many times I have heard from people, and I mean this, I can't tell you how many times because it's so many. I don't gossip. I don't go to other people. They come to me. You're a party to it. As we saw earlier, listening to gossip is just as bad as repeating it. A friend of mine tells a story of his grandmother who, who made this commitment. She was kind of the granny of the, of the whole church in their small town. One day she saw the damage that was happening in her church and saw the damage that was happening to her just by listening to it. And so she determined to stop listening. How'd she do that? Well, when, when someone would come up to her with some juicy bit of gossip, she would pinch them by that really tender place and drag them over to the person they were talking about and say, this dear sister says that you did this. Is that true? And my friend says that pretty soon, people stopped coming to her with gossip. Socrates said that there is a three-filter test that we should use when someone begins to speak something we think might be gossip. First is this. When they start to indicate that they're going to talk about someone else, you, you stop them and you, you ask, are you certain, are you absolutely certain that, that what you are about to tell me is true? Well, I heard it from someone else. Are you certain that it's true? If not, just stop, right? Uh, Secondly, is what you are about to tell me good or bad? Going around spreading good news about people is not gossip. But if it's bad, if it's harmful to their character, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. And then thirdly, is it useful? And what do I mean by that? Do I mean, boy, I can use this. No. No, what I mean by that is is hearing this something that I can use to help fix the problem. Am I the person that can actually help this person out of whatever this thing is? If not, you've got no business listening to it. It's just gossip at that point, right? So one way we stop gossip is to refuse to speak words of gossip or slander. A second way is to refuse to listen to it. Third, if you're the person being gossiped about, all I can say is I'm sorry I know it's painful. Um, believe me. Um, you know, there's an old joke about pastors, people having the pastor for, for barbecue every Sunday. 
That doesn't mean, that's not a, a, a story about hospitality. It's literally putting the pastor on the barbecue every Sunday. I know. Okay? And our tendency when we're being gossiped about is to lash out, attack back, attack the person who's responsible. I want to tell you it won't help. Uh, It just puts you in the same boat as them. That's not a good boat to be in. The best thing I can tell you is that one day uh, the truth will win out. I don't know how many hundreds of times I have said that to my family. The truth will win out. Some days I say it and I wonder, but I actually know it's true. One day the truth will win out. You can pray David's prayer from Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust liars. And then trust in the Lord's promise from Deuteronomy 32, 36, which says the Lord will indeed vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. So don't don't, uh, give in to the temptation to get even. Uh, Trust God to tell the truth. One more, uh, and then, then we'll be done. One more important step in resisting gossip might be one of the more important things that we do. Uh, Because if we did this one thing, um, gossip would would probably stop being an issue. Um, I began the sermon by having us look at Proverbs 26, 22. Uh, Gossip's words are like choice morsels that go down to one's innermost being. And we saw that once they are there, they bring disease and and death. Now compare that with Proverbs 16:24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Where lies and gossip and, and rumors bring death, gracious words bring life. They're sweet, not just to the taste, but to the soul. They bring health, not just to our physical bodies, but to the body of Christ, the church. Ephesians 4.29 underscores this truth for us. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is good for building up others, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Friends, um, here's what I want to say. Uh, if, if you're a part of this community, uh, you're what we call people of grace, right? I want to call us to be people that our name claims we are. People of grace. So can we commit ourselves to only allowing words that, that build up? Can we commit ourselves to eliminating gossip from our vocabulary. I don't know what this would look like, but I'd love to see us have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to gossip. I've heard there are some companies that have, have done this. A lot of people lost their jobs, but the culture changed. Um, 
I also know this. We're going to have to help one another in this. Um, this is not just an individual thing. So when you hear someone say, I shouldn't tell you this, but we should jump right in. You are so right. I am glad you recognized it. Let's stop right now, okay? And if you hear me doing it, call me out on it. Stop me. But I'm going to do the same with you. Let's pray. Lord, would you rid us of this horrible sin? where we have spoken words of gossip or slander, forgive us, help us to stop. Where we have listened to gossip, we acknowledge that in your eyes it's no different than speaking it. Help us to stop. Thank you for your forgiveness and for your Holy Spirit who can help us to speak only gracious words that build one another up. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.